friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast, the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton. I'm the founder, chief evangelist for Small Business Matters. I'm your host for today's podcast. I'm joined by my co-host and the director of marketing for Small Business Matters, Taylor Fulton. Taylor, hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It, it has been a busy, busy month. Uh, as you're probably aware, we kicked off the Small Business Matters Boot Camp uh, this month. We got 14 participants in the boot camp. Very pleased with that. We also kicked off a new event for Small Business Matters called the Small Business Matters at Lunch. Uh, and uh, we had 28 friends uh, come to that lunch event. Very pleased with the speaker, Adrian Crunchy from Ballantyne. We also hired a, a marketing associate, and you, I'm sure you're pleased about that, that you now have some help on the marketing side for Small Business Matters, and that's Kelly White, and we're very pleased to have Kelly join us. So it has been a busy month. Well, Taylor, we need to move on because we've got a very special uh, guest with us on today's podcast, and that is Cindy Miller. Cindy has been a, a friend to Small Business Matters for many years involved with past year's Small Business Matters Conference. She is a Vistage member. Cindy, welcome to Small Business Matters. Thank you, and congratulations on um, the 2019 Small Business Matters Conference. That's news to me, and I'm excited to hear you guys tackling that again. Well, thank you, and uh, I hope that you will be a part of that event again with us this year as you have before. We, we feel like you've, you've been a significant contributor to that event in the past. So let me, t I want to share with our listeners a little bit about Cindy. She's the CEO of Cindy Miller Communications. She helps organizations evolve their communications to get the best results from both traditional and social media. Prior to this, she built her communications and management skills as the Metro editor for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. That's our hometown newspaper here in Atlanta where she directed the news coverage for the state of Georgia. She had a staff of over 100 journalists. Cindy earned her master's degree in business administration from Kennesaw State University, her bachelor's in science and journalism from University of Georgia. She specializes in communication and public relations strategy, crisis communications, and internal communications as well. Cindy's worked with, with a number of organizations that I'm sure our listeners are familiar with, MGM Resorts, Google, FedEx, Coca-Cola, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, the Georgia Studio and Infrastructure Alliance, and Northwestern Mutual. Cindy and her team at Cindy Miller Communications are also, they're the go-to firm for a number of local law firms when they need assistance with high-profile clients, crisis communications, and legal situations that create a public relations issue. As I mentioned, Cindy is also a, a member of Vistage International here in Atlanta, and she's the past president of the Atlanta Women's Network. Now, that's just a, a part of her of her bio. Cindy, I could keep going for a while, but my guess is you're ready to get started. <laughs> Although that's hard, I really appreciate that intro. That's kind of hard to live up to that. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. So Cindy, let's start with this one. The way we start off each Small Business Matters podcast, tell our listeners what it is that you do that matters to small business. What do we do that matters to small business? I think I would answer that question by we help small business play on the same field as as a big as a large business as a fortune 500 business because 
one of the most important things that a business of any size can do is really nail the communications and really nail the messaging, really be prepared to protect the brand, to communicate the brand. And, you know, in our terms, it's everything from a holding statement to a social media strategy to all of these things that that big companies have that are accessible and affordable when we work with with small businesses, too. So we help we help small businesses play up. I love that answer. My dad gave a very detailed background and professional history of you, but maybe in a uh, shorter terms, how did you get to where you are today? And, and how did Cindy Miller, Cindy Miller Communications get off the ground? Well, this will come to no surprise to anybody who knows Edward and me, my husband, but we were driving to the beach one day huh. about, and it was, we're actually 10 years old. Our company is 10 years old this year. And it was 10 years ago in September, we were driving to the beach and it was, it was time to invent something new. And part of how we knew we'd be successful is what are we really good at? We had this long, hours-long conversation about what are we good at? What does the market need? How do we pull those things together? And for us, it's it's words. You know, words matter, all that good stuff. I mean, we, we are both what we call recovering journalists. We have a very fond place in our heart for the journalism industry. But, and that industry came out, we grew up in that industry, both of us did. So for us to be able to take that, that communication skill and think through how do we put that to work for small businesses, organizations, nonprofits, campaigns, we kind of dreamed it up. We dreamed it up right then. And so 10 years ago, it was just me because Edward was still working for another company. And then when he wrapped up that contract, then came Edward, then came Joe as an intern, and, and then came Kimberly, one of my MBA buddies, and then came Aaron. And, and now we have a really strong core of people and a, a deep bench that allows us to go from our core five to we have gone as deep as... 20 to get stuff done that we need to get done. So truly a, a family business at Cindy Miller Communications. Cindy, so for our listeners, help them. I want, I want them to truly understand what it is that your firm does. Describe a typical client engagement for us. Okay. So we have three baskets that we work in. And um, one is crisis. And we do operate in the heat of the flame. A um, we are for several of our clients what we call the third phone call. Something bad happens, you call the CEO, you call the lawyer, and you call us, and we swoop right in. We have set up a war room for a restaurant chain that had a crime happen in its bathroom. We have um, swooped in for a judge who made a ruling who was concerned that that ruling resulted in another crime and wanted to be prepared in case that blew up in the media. We had a fired CEO, a president of a university that stepped down. So we come in in the heat of the flame and very quickly assess the situation, handle the media, get the company's messages out, and then pull it back and start to um figure out what's next in, in a very strategic way. So heat of the flame is one. Even better than heat of the flame is when we go into a company and we have created a crisis plan for them. 
So that is a company where we work with them and say, okay, where is your brand vulnerable? And we help them assess their most vulnerable situations. An example is a, um, a client we work with that has branded vehicles. So a vulnerable situation for their brand is a branded vehicle ends up in a creek and leaks out chemicals that ends up on the front page in a, in a public health kind of way. So we help companies step back, assess these threats to their brand, and create everything from a, um, you know, what happens in the first hour, where's the war room going to be, what are the first 25 steps you take when something like that happens. And then when there's a situation that's a heat of the flame, you're not starting from scratch. You're not inventing it on the fly. You have a plan to follow. So that's our crisis side. Our Internal communication side is we do employee satisfaction surveys is, a, is an example of that. So we have, a, we have a client that we 10 years ago did their first employee satisfaction. And then every two years we go back in and do this survey for them. They're now about 120 people and they truly have a deep dive of data into areas they can improve, areas that are succeeding, um, employee satisfaction is really it's important at all times. And some people will say when the economy is good, it's even more important because employees start looking to leave. It's also important in um, tight economies because employees are staying. And if they're unsatisfied, that's a poison in your company. So employee satisfaction surveys is another basket. And then we do some pretty traditional um, PR and marketing and, and in particular content. I listened to one of your other podcasts, our friend Mike Iverson. He made a reference that cash is king, mm. and that is absolutely true. But um, we actually live in more of a Game of Thrones kind of world where there's lots of kings. And so in the marketing world, content is king, too. And um, content is it can be a monster and it, or it can really drive your drive your marketing crisis, employee satisfaction surveys and other internal communications and public relations, particularly in the area of content creation. Cindy, what would you say are some several trends in corporate communications today? What do you, what do you see a lot out on the, the battlefield? What's out on the battlefield? I think part of it is that the world can be a battlefield right now. And that if your company doesn't have, I mean, social media, think about how prevalent social media is. And if you don't have a social media strategy that fits the culture of your company, you're making your brand vulnerable. So I think one of the one of the ways I would answer that is a trend is that the it feels like brands are more and more and more at risk, and that you're you're there's no foolproof plan. That it, it's it's a minefield out there. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I would say is that you know Twitter, you've got. 140 characters, 280 characters, but we're seeing more and more long form content come back, truly storytelling. So it's like the, the opposite, the, the opposite end of a tweet is there's still a lot of value into those long form storytelling that really um, branded content to, to really put your name on a really good story and find all the different ways to use that in marketing. So brand vulnerability, branded content, and I don't know if this is a trend, but I'm really curious to watch where Facebook goes in the next 
12 to 18 months. You know, what if brand, I saw some numbers that said the, the advertising is still there for Facebook and brands are still going there. But I think um, it will just be interesting to watch kind of the king of social media and what happens over the next 12 to 24 months with, with Facebook. Cindy, I'm curious if you look at your crystal ball, what would you imagine is going to happen to Facebook? What would you predict? Um, it's still a fish where the fish are. You know, when there's six billion people in in some place, why why would a brand not go there? And um, I, I think I don't know because I think partially it's part of a of a company's challenge is staying is that old skate to where the puck will be. So when when Facebook is really popular with the grandmas, that says something. So it, where's everybody else going? So I think I think Facebook is vulnerable actually. Interesting. So our friends, you're listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest today is Cindy Miller, CEO, Cindy Miller Communications. Cindy, I heard you describe three different areas of your business. It's, it's crisis communication, it's internal communication, specifically helping companies measure employee satisfaction and engagement, and then it's more traditional public relations and marketing. As you work with a variety of small businesses, what are some of the most common mistakes that you're seeing your clients make in any one of these areas? Common mistakes. Probably the most common mistake in all three of those areas is not taking them seriously and not really understanding. I mean, it takes a really enlightened CEO to invest in a crisis communication plan because it's basically something you spend it's a big ticket item you spend money on that you hope to never use. One of our clients, the, the CFO of the client, was just really, really not a fan of this investment. And after we went through the whole process and, you know, a year into it, you know, they've been with us for five years and he's one of our biggest fans. He says, I really sleep better at night knowing that we have this. So I think that not taking any one of the thinking, oh, my employees are happy. Or um, I don't need to be on social media. It is, you know, that, that this this idea that if you think like a CEO, a small business CEO, and you're only in your own brain, and you say, "Well, I think everybody's happy," or you know, surely everybody knows what to do in a crisis, or I'm not on social media. I don't know why we need to be there, but kind of putting it through his or her own filter and missing lots of opportunity in those areas. Cindy, I love what you said about brand vulnerability. As a marketer, I'm, I'm always a little paranoid about how quickly things are moving, the use of video and graphics. Um, and it seems like people get almost a joy out of the, the fails and uh, depths that brands can sometimes have. As part of the communication plan, what can a brand do to avoid those missteps when things are happening so quickly? We were just talking about the Catholic school in Covington, Kentucky, and this is where the, the students were at the Lincoln Memorial and mm -hmm. the, um, the video that went viral and the, 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 depending on how, how you perceive it, the confrontation or the smirk, whatever. That, I mean, that's an example of you don't have to be high profile to get in trouble on social media. That was just, you can't predict that happening. One of the things that the school from the outside, again, I'm not associated with the school, but watching what how the school handled this, they didn't. They don't appear to have anything as simple as what our world would call a holding statement. 
And a holding statement is you're not writing the holding statement on the phone with your lawyer and your PR consultant in the heat of the flame. The holding statement is there. Everybody knows where it is. And it's what you say when you're not ready to say anything. So something as simple as having a holding statement that conveys the values, that puts people first, that says what you're going to do now, that that right there is something that everybody, every CEO ought to have in their pocket. That's a great strategy. I think that that holding statement really gives you an opportunity to re-strategize and, and really kind of put your next foots forward. Um, and it's something that can be easily planned for. At the beginning of the podcast, you, you mentioned that you have a core team of five, um, but you also have some some pretty big clients, including uh, you mentioned Coca-Cola and MGM Resorts. Uh, I'm curious, as a small business with those sort of uh, premier clients, uh, what was your strategy in, in approaching them? Um, and how have you been able to build that relationship? One of the most important things we do with all of our clients, regardless of size, is we're really very careful about understanding where our expertise ends and somebody else's begins. So it it keeps us on the side of high credibility. You know, we're not trying to run MGM social media. They got smarter people than us to do that. But where we help a company like that very well is to understand Georgia media and to interact with Georgia media. So we are really careful in um, clients of all size to stay in our lane and really highlight what we can do in our lane to help them. Cindy, you also mentioned earlier that uh, in, within your company, you had a number of family members, uh, a family business, and family businesses are, are interesting to say the least. As the CEO of the agency, how do you manage that? How do you manage a family business? What do you find what's difficult and maybe what, what do you enjoy about a family business and what are some of the challenges that you face? I love it. And I'm sure my children would say that too, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I honestly do think that I'm joking, but I do think that they would, you know, Edward and I, we, we have worked together our entire marriage in, in, in either in his world or we, we joke about for the first half of our marriage, I was Mrs. Edward Miller. And now in this phase of our marriage, he is Mr. Cindy Miller. And um, so we, we just work really well together. We, all of us have a high level of respect. And um, I know at my, as my Vistage chair, you'd be like, there's always tension. There is rarely any tension at all because, I mean, how often have you, do you work in an environment where you have worked with that somebody for 30 years and you truly know how their brain works? And that is true on, on, for all of us. And we also, I don't diminish the value of Kimberly, who is not a family member. We joke that she keeps honest because, um, you know, we're at the, we're all around the table. We, we don't have, we don't have very many mom moments. We, we very, we keep it professional, but we're very warm. I really just like the way we work. I mean, I, I had said from the beginning that I want to do work I want to do with people I want to do it with. And that's, you know, in, in, in the office and with the clients, we're very blessed to have a really good core group of people. And we have others. We have um, Jen, who works with us on crisis. We have Jay, who's a high level um, content writer. So we have other people that work with us, too, that help kind of round us out. I'm not going to be able to come up with something I don't like because there's something that's hard. I probably don't see them socially as much, but I actually kind of still do. But we're all training for a half marathon. It's Joe's first half marathon. It's Aaron's third. 
our, my daughter-in-law, Joe's wife, is it's her third. So, I mean, we're all, we, we do things we like to do in and out of the office. Cindy, what are the top three things that CEOs in 2019 have top of mind? I think we, you know, the, the idea of protecting the brand, that's definitely one that we talked about. Um, that I think that, that, that it, it's not getting any easier to protect the brand and it's not getting any less important. And doing that through a crisis communication plan, social media policy that fits the culture of your company. And one thing that I don't think a lot of people think about is a communication plan for succession. You know, that we, we're not always going to, we're not going to be in our job forever. We did a, a, a succession planning communication strategy for a nonprofit that had a very, that has a very high profile face of the nonprofit. And that nonprofit really thought through what happens when she, they, they have deep pocket donors. They are, their Fortune 500 donors are, are, are part of that nonprofit. So they're vulnerable if they're vulnerable to her illness, her accident, her death. And you don't want to be thinking about a plan that communicates stability to deep pocket donors when you're in the middle of that crisis. So this whole idea of protecting the brand, I think, is a huge thing, whether it's brand threats, scenarios, succession planning, or a social media plan. Again, I also think that employee satisfaction surveys are huge because you know, you don't know what you don't know that, you know, once you get, once you get past, I pretty much know how the five of us feel, but once you get past that, I'm not sure a CEO could tell. And so, you know, when you're dealing with a hundred people and not five, you really got to have a baseline and a clear understanding and a commitment to making sure employees are happy at your company. And let's see, another one would be just the idea of telling your own story. If you don't tell your story, somebody will tell it for you. So are you focused on your key messages, your target audiences? Are you, are you speaking about the company? And is everybody in your company speaking about the company in the way that you want them to? So protecting the brand, employee satisfaction surveys, and telling your own story. Well, I hope our listeners really tuned in to that response because those are really important, I think, for owners of small businesses here as we're going into 2019. Uh, Cindy, I, I forget what the, the old adage is. It's something like, you know, the, the shoemaker doesn't always have shoes. And as a, as a marketing professional, I'm wondering, what do you do to help promote your practice? What success do you have in terms of your own marketing practices that our listeners could take and maybe apply to their own business? What's working for you in terms of marketing today? That is a great question and a very timely one for us. I saw a post today that said, wow, January was a really long year because it feels like, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, we just wrapped up January. We have spent the month of January. It is, um, okay, like our world is physician heal thyself. We're not taking care of ourselves sometimes because we're really busy taking care of other people. So we focus this month on really you know, a booster shot to CMC, we call ourselves CMC, Cindy Miller Communications, a booster shot to CMC's own marketing efforts. Because as you get busy, we're not marketing ourselves. We have a whole plan from social media to how we each individually raise the profile of the company on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, 
you know, how are we as the the core five talk about our company on the platforms? Well, there's some great takeaways for, for small businesses, whether you're in marketing or not. Those are those are very helpful. Uh, Cindy, I've got one question, then I'll turn over to the rapid fire portion of okay. our class. Uh, mentioned in the beginning of the past that uh, both you and your husband spent the first parts of your career, substantial parts of your career in journalism. That industry is certainly going through some changes. I guess both online and traditional businesses in journalism uh, laid off. Uh, as someone who works in that area, how does that feel when you see newspapers and, and companies downsizing and shrinking? What do you see as the future in that industry? I think it's a sad thing that they're downsizing. You know, I want everybody who's listening to subscribe to a paper. One, pick your paper. We subscribe to, we're iPad readers now. We still, you know, we're New York Times, AJC, we're Atlanta Business Chronicle, we're Washington Post, we're Wall Street Journal. We're the people. And we think that um, from community level to national papers, that these journalists play a really important role in our world in helping to, um, there's the watchdog role that you can never diminish, and, and our world needs that for a lot of reasons, from, from city council to the White House, we need to be all along the way. And then the whole idea of overrun with information. So one of the one of the key roles that journalists play is they they help filter through the noise and give us help us find these help us make sense of these stories, help us make sense of the world around us, whether it's our neighborhood or our community or our country or our world. And I have a lot of respect for those that are still in the industry. And I think from a from a company's perspective, there's still a lot of value in that traditional media. People don't put together any kind of plan that doesn't include the right traditional media as well as social media and podcasts and all the other ways to people. There's still a lot of value with traditional media. Hmm. There's one reminder that you are listening. Small Business Matters podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest today is Steve Miller, CEO. Taylor, I'm ready, and I think our listeners are ready for the rapid-fire question. It's all yours. Okay, Cindy, we'll start off with an easy one. What is your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book. I'm a fiction reader, but I've actually been reading a lot of nonfiction, too. Um, oh, it's so hard. I mean, I've read books this month. I'm, I'm a huge consumer of books. Wow. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to try to look up the author really quick. So this is not a rapid response answer. <laughs> um, but the book, there's a book I read probably every two or three years called Year of Wonder. Year of, Year Wonder. of Wonder by Geraldine, Geraldine Brooks. Year of Wonders by Geraldine Brooks. I think that's probably my all-time favorite book, and I read it every couple of years. All right. Fantastic. Along those same lines, uh, what is your favorite podcast that you listen to outside of the Small Business Matters podcast, of course? Of course. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm an unapologetic political junkie, and my favorite pod ever that I rarely miss an episode of is Pod Save America. That is a good one. Fan of the pod. 
fan of the pod. I'm a friend of the pod. Got my coffee <laughs> cup, got my shirt. Uh, and last rapid fire question. What is your favorite social media handle, channel, brand? You know, I really watch Coke a lot. You can learn a lot from how Coke does its social media. So that's one that I watch. But there's also one that's just kind of fun called Average Parent Problems. That is really just a lot of fun. And um, even though I'm a, I'm a grandma now, um, it's still there's flashbacks of the kids and, and just it's, it's Average Parent Problems. It's probably my favorite fun one to watch. Taylor, nicely done. Cindy, I can't believe how quickly uh, time has passed on the Small Business Matters podcast. I know that uh, our listeners, many will want to uh, reach out to you, contact you. What's the best, easiest way for them to reach you? I have so many ways. I'm all about meeting people where they are. So you can like call me old school and call me on my phone, 404-281-9975. Email Cindy at Cindy Miller Communications, all spelled out with an S dot com. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram as Cindy Miller Communications, Twitter at Cindy Miller ATL. And I just started one called at CEO underscore Cindy, and I could use some followers. So those are all kinds of ways that we can connect. That's great. And I want to encourage our listeners that if you'd like uh, to reach out to Cindy, I know she'll be happy to hear from you if you have uh, a need in terms of your, your marketing, whether it's in crisis communications, internal communications, uh, employee satisfaction, traditional public relations and marketing, it's Cindy Miller Communications is, is your first phone call. Cindy, thank you so much for being with us on Absolutely. the Small Business Matters podcast, and I hope maybe you'll come back and, and visit us again. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Cindy. Taylor, lots of great takeaways from uh from cindy miller any in particular that stood out for you i think the idea of a crisis communication plan is probably what stood out to me the most um i know in in, in marketing and advertising the workflow can move pretty quickly i think sometimes you're looking almost too short term rather than in the long-term picture and how to protect your brand um, and i just love the idea of having a, um, a holding statement of a plan to where if something does go wrong or there is a misstep, that, that you're ready and that you can uh, put your best foot forward. Yeah, those were, were, were great takeaways. And I hope our, our listeners in, in enjoyed uh, hearing Cindy Miller and will take advantage of uh, a number of those key takeaways. Well, listeners, thank you for listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters.